Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. My guest today is a very special guest. Um, his name is Reverend Rod Barnett. He is a senior festival director with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And we met in, I believe, Rod, it was the year 2015. When, uh, that's about right. Yep. Is that about right? When the Will Graham so. celebration came to Owensboro, Kentucky. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's where I met you. I, I remember sitting back in um, Colby's restaurant, um, the first meeting, I, I believe, when I met you. Uh, I yeah. would love to give our listeners a little background um, and a little history of, of how you came to know Jesus Christ. So were you raised in a Christ-centered home? Yes, ma'am, I was. I was, uh, I was really blessed. Um, my mom and dad were strong believers, uh, um, you know, I tease people. I had a drug problem when I was a kid. I was drugged to church every Sunday morning, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, my grandfather, my grandfather Barnett was a, a old Methodist evangelist. Mm-hmm. So when I was young, I, I remember some of my vivid memories of going to camp meetings and revivals all about all around the central part of the United States with my grandfather and and uh, so, yeah, I, I was raised in a very, very good, strong Christian home. Okay. So, since you were raised in a Christ-centered home, were you close to Jesus, or do you have some sort of a uh, story that leads up to when you really fully surrendered your life to Him? Well, you know, um, like I said, I, I was in church every Sunday. I, I made an early commitment to Christ when I was about 10 years old. And, uh, you know, my, my journey, you know, I look at my relationship with God as sort of as a journey, a, prog- a progressive type of journey. Uh, then when I got older in my teen years, you know, I just sort of really interested more in what I wanted to do. And, you know, uh, uh, sort of, it wasn't that I stepped away from the faith. It was just sort of like I, I tried to live two different kinds of lives, uh, you know, one at home and one at school. And, and, uh, you know, and just really interested in what I wanted to do and having fun and all that kind of stuff. But then my senior year in high school uh, through uh, actually it was actually a girl I was I was dating uh, just really began to show me that Jesus was real. Uh, the relationship with Jesus was real and it was something that was very important. And God just got a hold of me my senior year in high school. And that's where I made my uh, my major commitment to Christ. Uh, actually, it was at a Nikki Cruz uh, was in town with uh, the movie Cross on the Switchblade. Oh, yes. And, uh, and in, in Huntington, West Virginia. And uh, and so uh, Nikki Cruz, I got to pray with Nikki Cruz. And he's uh, 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 the one that prayed the prayer with me to accept uh, to make my full commitment to Christ at that time. Oh, so, wow. Okay, yeah. that led you into, obviously, it led you into ministry, and I read your bio. You said you were going into pre-med. Is that correct as your yeah, major? I, yeah, I was. Uh, I entered university uh, in the fall and, and had a pre-med directive and um, was excited about, the, you know, going into medicine and, and uh, you know, all of that actually had, you know, I had my plans, Teresa, mm-hmm. you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I had my plans. And uh you know, but at the same time, just, you know, praying for what God wanted me to do, you know, 
And by the spring of my freshman year in college, I realized that this was not what I was, I was submitted to do. And um, so I, um, I changed my major um, and then, um, you know, and, and, you know, declared I was, I was heading into ministry and I, I come from a United Methodist background. So I, I introduced my, uh, told my district superintendent that I was wanted to be a candidate for ministry. And, and, uh, that was in May of 1972. Um, and in by middle of June of 1972, I was pastoring my first church. Oh, wow. What was that experience like? Oh my goodness. You were young. So yeah. was it a positive experience for you? Oh yeah. It was great. You know, it was, it was just a little church. In fact, that's where I met my wife. Uh huh. Well, that uh, was good. Oh yeah. It was a divine appointment there, you know, but, uh, uh, but it was a little church that I, I just really needed. I just went there to preach on, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, you know, I, I didn't carry a lot of pastoral responsibilities, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I was there just sort of to preach and be there on Wednesday nights when I could. And so, but it was, yeah. And then uh, I did that for a year. And then the next year they put a second church on with me. So I was, had two churches the next year. So. Oh, wow. Well, that's a challenge to have two, but I guess that's also good (laughs) at the same time. Yeah. Did you and your wife, um, you know, obviously you started dating. So how long was it until you um, proposed well, and got married? Well, we, uh, I moved, I, I was at, I had the one church the first year, two churches the year after that. And then I moved uh, to uh, a little town outside of Huntington that was going to be my closest town to the seminary that I wanted to go to, which was uh, at Asbury in a Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I were married the summer um, before I went into before I went into seminary. When I graduated from college, we got married and we headed to semin- headed to Kentucky. Okay, all yeah. right. Now you you have been very involved with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and of course that's how I met you. You mm-hmm. you have worn a lot of different hats within the organization. And um, you have seen a lot of people come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, You know, I remember at the Will Graham celebration in 2015, you brought me up on the platform and just so I could look out and see all the people who had come down front and and the counselors, the prayer counselors who were praying with Mm -hmm. the people. It it was it's really hard to explain in words and. I'm sure you've seen thousands and thousands upon thousands, maybe even millions altogether. You know, what, what is some of your experience? I know you have worked also closely with Franklin Graham and, of course, his son, um, Will Graham. Um, what's some of your experience with Fr- Franklin Graham's festivals? And I really want you to talk into how they've changed, maybe, or how times have changed when it comes to the festivals and the celebrations? Well, I, I had, a, you know, I did have opportunity to work a few of Dr. Graham's crusades, um, you know, while I was doing with Franklin in the area of counseling and follow-up. Um, the great thing about the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association is that uh, 
it, it is it's it's absolute commitment to the proclamation of the gospel, mm-hmm. uh, focused on evangelism, winning people to Christ, uh, working partnering with the local churches, encouraging pastors, uh, you know, to uh, to really just reach out and win as many people to Christ as possible. Um, in every one of those situations, we've seen God work. Uh, some maybe more than others, um, but you know, in, in places all around the world, I've been fortunate to be in, in a lot of different festivals and crusades around the world, and and just uh, seeing a movement of God through when churches come together with a single focus that we're going to work together to reach as many people as we possibly can. Uh, with the good news and to see as many people come to Christ as they possibly can. And then the, the commitment to get them into the local church for follow-up. Um, the way they changed through the years, I think it's been, we just keep going back to a, a staple that do- Dr. Graham ingrained in us from the beginning. The message doesn't change. Uh, the, you, the, you cannot change the message. Right. The gospel does not change. How you present the gospel and the the things that are around it may change. Uh, you know Franklin's uh, uh, you know Franklin's uh, festivals changed uh, a little bit through the years, and then we did a, a whole two years of three years of what we call the Rock the River or Rock the City, Rock the Rock the Lakes, uh, which had a, a, a you know a single focus of a fifteen year old unsaved. Mm-hmm. Changed the music, changed everything for us, but the gospel message doesn't change. Right. The message that was preached didn't change. Right. And um, so, uh, there's some of the, the the music, some of the things change, but the basics and the message does not change. That's right. Well, we need to take a really quick break right here, and uh, we will be back with more Shape by Faith. So everyone, stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Reverend Rod Barnett is with me today. He is a senior festival of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And Rod, where are you right now? I'm at home in Winfield, West Virginia. West Virginia. Okay. What's the weather like today? Oh, well, it's, uh, it's a typical you know, hot, muggy summer day. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. In Kentucky, you never know what you're going to get, <laughs> but well, the weather yeah. is kind of nice. Yeah, we we had a we had a real big storm here the other night, but it's it, it's a it's been a nice day today. Okay, Rod, you've been a pastor. Um, you know, you were a pastor for years. What are some of the challenges you see pastors facing right now? Well, I, I like I said, I. Thank you. I, I, I had been a pastor and then, I, you know, for about 20 years, I had my own evangelistic ministry before I started working with the Graham Association. But Teresa, as we had talked before, I think the, the real challenges today for a pastor is uh, ministry may be harder today uh, than it's ever been. Um, I think um, I think spiritually we're seeing where. Uh, there, there's so much division, mm-hmm. uh, divisiveness, um, and you know we, we we've talked about you know the enemy of our soul is the author of division and confusion. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year, having not this past year, having not been able to travel a whole lot, uh, you know my last trip into 
uh, into England was in, in March of 2020. And though I've done some domestic uh, travel, we've been reaching out to a lot of different pastors and listening to pastors. Um, and pastors saying that they, they're finding more division now uh, in their churches and it has been over mask, uh, dis- social distancing, whether to be open or stay closed, whether to have services or not have services. And, and now, of course, it's it's the vision over: Do we take the vaccine or we do not take the vaccine? Pastors saying they've had more division over that than they've had any over over theology or doctrine. And um, so, so that that really has led me to to really pray and focus on the fact that. So much of what we're experiencing is not a, it's really not a political issue or a medical issue or an emotional issue or a relational issue as much as it is a spiritual issue. Yes. And, uh, you know, the, the foundation of what we're dealing with today is a, is a spiritual issue. So much fear. There's mm-hmm. so much fear. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to, to negate the reality of things, but um, you know, our, our God's not the author of fear. That's right. Uh, and so we don't, we don't need to be gripped by fear. Uh, we need to respect things, but we don't need to live in fear. Mm-hmm. And even to a point where we're finding where we've had so many churches that closed because of the, uh, you know, the, the pandemic or whatever, uh, and pastors just finding that as a good opportunity just to walk away. Right. Um, you know, churches that closed and won't ever reopen. Um, but I'm also seeing that it's it's also provided, you know, where you, you may have a lot, some people that, that walk away, but that's also been, Teresa, an amazing, an amazing opportunity through these months to reach people that we may never have been able to reach before because they are facing something that's out of their control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're searching people, searching for answers, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so uh, there are a lot of pastors are seeing tremendous growth in their churches from people. They've been online, you know, and and, uh, you know, people are are uh, being able to find them and, and get connected to their church. They're just hungry. They're hungry for truth. Mm hmm. Uh, yes. I mean, I think that's more like you said, more than ever before. And, you know, I really feel like, Rod, that this past year and even this year that, you know, we are to lean even closer to Christ and lean in and trust him because he wrote our story. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows the in between. And, you know, as we grow our faith by trusting him, he leads us, whether it's through the really, really rough and bad times, challenging times and and the good times. And, you know, th- the answer we know is always him. But how do you give people hope that maybe don't have that really close personal relationship with Jesus, how, how would you speak to them and, and give them hope? Well, I, I think, it, you know, that's just in, in the, in the, in the basic simple gospel, you know, when uh, people that are depending upon what they're able to do, uh, they, they sense there's something missing in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to, you know, God loves us. 
And, you know, he has, he, he loves us with an everlasting love. Uh, but we also recognize that we have a problem. People that they, and they try to, they try to bridge that gap. They try to fill that void on their own and they can't, there's just no way to do that. And I think this was, this past year has been one of those times where it has, it has accentuated the reality of that. You know, people, they, they can't, they can't provide their own hope. Uh, you know, the bottom falls out of life and there's nothing there. And you've got to depend upon something beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the message of the gospel, that God solved our problem in Jesus Christ. He came to die on the cross, to take our sin, to give us hope. He, he was raised from the dead to give us hope. And, uh, you know, we don't, have to, we don't have to depend upon, you know, what the world says. You know, we, we can stand upon the promises of what God gives us and what God has promised us and, uh, and, and know that, he's, that he is in control. And that uh, uh, so it's just a matter of, you know, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. putting your faith and trust in what God's plan is for your life. So that's where the hope is. Yes. And and like you had brought up God's promises in his word, of course, we should be declaring, you know, his word over our life, over our country, Mm -hmm. over our family, our community, over our government. And I really think that's how we fight this spiritual battle is to pray. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that is our weapon is the word and and praying and expecting expecting uh to move the heart of the lord and you know just to get out of the way and allow god to do what only he can do because we can't do it i mean things look almost impossible you know at times especially right now it seems like everything is flipped um like you were saying before right is wrong and wrong is right and you're looking at this thinking how can this go on? Don't people see that's wrong? And it, it's just like, it's mind boggling. Um, but with oh, God, is. that's how, you know, we pray and we intercede and we, we fight the battle in prayer on our knees. You know, that's, that's well, what and, we do. And a lot of people say, well, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something when it gets to the point where, all we can do is pray when we need to realize is that's the first thing and the best thing we can do. Yes. You know, uh, you know, pr- uh, praying is not getting us ready for the work. Praying is the work. That's right. Uh, praying is, you know, that is the most important thing for us to do. And, um, you know, just uh, seeking God, trying to hear from him because uh, he is going to speak to us, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, how he speaks to us primarily. I, I find that through the word, you know, yes. he speaks to us through the word. And yes, when you you'll... read, you just simply say, God, I need you to speak to me today. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, and we can trust him to do that. Absolutely. You know, praying, praying is our power workout. It's better than any workout we will ever do. It's the most effective workout. And, you know, I remind um, students in my fitness classes that as we pray and as we read the word, God gives us insight. He gives oh, us that knowledge. He gives us oh, yeah. direction. So, 
Okay, we're going to take another quick break right here. So when we come back, I'd love to hear some inspirational stories and maybe your favorite festival or time as a director. So we'll be right back. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. We shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Reverend Rod Barnett, he's the Senior Festival Director of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And, and Rod, thank you so much for your insight and your knowledge um, in the first two segments. And I'm sure our listeners would absolutely love to hear some inspirational stories you may have. I'm sure you have a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, the problem is, Teresa, just pinning it down to, to, to one or two, you know. I bet. Um, it you know we've um, like I said I've I've been so blessed and so privileged to uh, with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association to to uh, be with uh, Dr. Graham at, at in certain places and uh, in Dallas and San Diego and and a couple of other places and in Jacksonville Florida and to be with Franklin in different places around the world in Europe and Asia. Um, but you know, as a when I'm thinking about it, probably maybe the most uh, the most recent was I, I had an opportunity to, to direct Franklin's Festival in in uh, Lancashire County, England, and uh, that began in January of uh, preparation started in January of 17. Um, in May of 17, we started experiencing uh, a lot of opposition. Mm. Uh, spiritual opposition. They didn't like Franklin's stance on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the, from the, especially from the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. So that, that opposition began in May of 17 and lasted for the festival through the festival in uh, September of 2018. So almost a year and a half. Um, but the, the amazing thing through all of that was just seeing how the church was, the church has continued just to be able to, to reach out to people, to love people, to pray with people. Uh, and the weekend of the festival, there, were, there had been so much efforts in trying to shut things down and, and to keep us from doing this and taking away our advertising and, uh, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the radio and the TV stations in the area were just really coming out against it. But, but seeing again, how God just moved and people's lives were changed. Uh, and, and some of the, even some of the people that had spoken out against us uh, so vividly and so vehemently uh, came to the festival and actually came to me and apologized. Oh, Wow. Uh, you know, saying this was nothing like what we were told it was going to be. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely fantastic. And so, uh, you know, that, that was probably maybe one of the most memorable, most recent memorable times. But Teresa, also just those, those dozens and dozens of opportunities where you hear the gospel preached and man, you know, the invitation is given and, you literally see people running to make a decision for Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, and that never gets old. That never gets old. And even while I'm thinking about it, I get the lump in my throat and the tears in my eyes uh, to just see uh, how the grace of God works in people's lives. Yes. It's amazing. It, so, 
It is so powerful. Um, I'm, and I'm glad I'm blessed. We are very blessed that you were able to come here uh, to our community and just to see what took place. And, you know, uh, people were amazed when I told them, oh, they don't just come in and come out. I mean, they prepare for years oh, yeah. before they come in and yeah. people were blown away. They had no idea. And wow. the follow-up that takes place, they don't just leave the community, the follow-up that takes place, you know, and the calls and the connecting people um, with a church, you know, with a church home is, is totally incredible. And that's why it is so God-honoring and it works. I oh, mean, yeah. The message it does work. works. <laughs> it like works. you said, it does not change. The message oh. is the same. Rod, uh, I would love to just continue talking to you, but we probably need to close. So do you mind praying as God leads you? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you that you're a sovereign, almighty, holy, righteous God. And we come before you today in that precious and that strong name of Jesus to just worship you and give you thanks. Thanks for a chance to be with Teresa today and, and on her show and, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of being able to just proclaim and preach the gospel. We pray for her and her ministry. We pray for the people that are listening today, God, that they be encouraged, not by what I say or what, what Teresa says, but they're encouraged by the power of your Holy Spirit as they listen to this, this broadcast. Father, speak to hearts today, change hearts today, restore, revive, and direct us, Father God. We pray, Father, that... Uh, uh, for all those that, that are a part of the, this the listening opportunity there in Owensboro to just be blessed, Father. We give you thanks and praise for your goodness and your grace until we see you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on Shape by Faith. I was so blessed and honored and humbled. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thank you, Teresa. God bless. God bless you. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.